Intimacy Part 4, December 15, 2021. What Ayahuasca Left Me Wondering. I shared my intimacy series pre-Ayahuasca journey, and I've since been wondering, contemplating, what Ayahuasca left me wondering. Am I unlovable? I've done psychedelic-assisted therapy with MDMA and psilocybin for the past year, preparing me. And suffice to say, Ayahuasca was far and away the most challenging and profound experience I've had to date. A lucigenic brew made from the vine of a specific tree and the leaves of another, whose major active ingredient, DMT, is a substance I began my medicine journeys with September 2020. But she, Ayahuasca, I mean, she's different. Imagine sitting with all your traumatic memories, dark shadows, fears, and your truth for six hours. She's sneaky, brilliant, and powerful, and merges with your subconscious if you allow her to, revealing what you need to see about you. And boy, did she show me. She is not something to play with. Pre-journey, you take on a specific dieta, no animal products, caffeine, alcohol, violent TV, or sexual activity for two weeks. Dare I say, I was really, really clean. For six hours, I sat with her and her with me, but she didn't come on quickly. I drank my first cup and waited for her to turn up, and nothing. After an hour, I took another three-quarter cup down, and it wasn't long before she came around, but coquettish. My friend Sasha said it best, she's cheeky. I felt her warmth like sunlight engulf me, but only momentarily, and then she went dark again and again before she actually began playing. Why? She was withholding her love, as I do, showing me how light I can be and simultaneously how dark and shut down she is me. After she played hide-and-go-seek, she became me, and I curled into a ball and cried. Howls bellowing from my gut buried deep under layers of toughening. When a memory became too scary, she pivoted because it only works when you surrender and I wasn't completely ready for everything. I'll save details for the book, fingers crossed, pray for me. But beyond trauma, I mostly sat facing me. After hours of imagery, feeling, music, dancing, and memory, she showed me my current relationship, he as a mirror of me, revealing behaviors my conscious knows but doesn't face daily. He's just asking you to dance, she said to me, repeatedly, less future, more present. Start playing. I am a very sexual being, but for years my sexuality has been shut down because sex was never something I chose. Sex was something that happened to me, starting early. As a result, I just perform to feel worthy and keep my relationships going. So much of my healing is about taking back my body, and as Ayahuasca suggested, I will start playing. The real work, however, isn't the journey, but the integration following, taking what you've learned and merging it into your daily routine, often unlearning a lifetime of habits. Post-journey, it is advised that you edge into your vices of choosing slowly, because Aya stays with you for up to 10 days following. But for me, it wasn't that seamless. The transition from journey to integration, dare I say, I jumped back into every day too quickly. And post-journey, I regressed emotionally without realizing the depth of my process, kind of bypassing momentarily. Excuses invalid, but my boyfriend's mom was in town for the night following. He was respectful, no pressure, but I wanted to meet her. Still in shock, no doubt. I is still in me. I joined them for dinner and indulged in a beer and some cooked sushi. The idea of raw fish after going vegan briefly made me queasy. The meeting was lovely, but the next day I woke up panicking. My heart was beating out of my chest from the alcohol and the caffeine I consumed upon waking. I needed to quell the anxiety, so I did what I've done for decades, a brief run before boxing. I moved through my feelings and found grounding. My mom left. Let's reconnect. I agreed, because I missed him and him me. 
but he didn't fully explain my boundaries. So I'm avoidant at times, and he can be needy, which creates rocky footing. Great, but first I'm going to get a massage. I'll see you later. When I arrived at the spa, he had booked a session simultaneously. I was shook. I wanted to be alone. And he wanted to support me, which just made me fucking feisty. And after dealing with my shadow for hours on end, she, my ego, my inner bitch, was not hiding. I was nasty. This early in the game relationship left me questioning my own boundaries. Driving the next eve and arguing over nothing, in the heat of the moment, I inquired, are we incompatible or am I just intolerable? And that inquiry wasn't half as bad as what happened the next morning. We had sex, delicious, connected, intimate sex, which is brilliant when shared with a partner who's interested in your pleasure too. He pulled out, safe sex, right? And said immediately after, I hope I didn't come too soon. Inner bitch didn't miss a beat. She, I replied quickly, ugh, I wish you weren't so nice to me. Crazy, (laughs) but so telling of the men I previously dated and dare I say have been attracted to, who were never concerned with my needs. Can you imagine that's how my subconscious thinks? Picking men who treat me less than and ignore me to prove my stories because I think I'm unlovable? Because I don't feel worthy of kindness? How sad. This is among the marks trauma has left on me, which I didn't realize until integration therapy days later, after a weekend of terrorizing my boyfriend. Because he's not typical for me. He sees me. So I push him away because he's disproving my unlovable theory. Because he doesn't subscribe to it. So what's the fear, Olivia? It's simple. I'm afraid he might see me, all of me, and love me regardless of all the darkness I've seen. He might prove me wrong entirely. He might prove to me that I'm worthy of love, that I'm worth loving. He arrived just shy of five months ago while I was deep in healing mode, a reflection of me lovable and so loving mirroring my energy. He listens and doesn't get angry or shut down when I ask what he's feeling, and he isn't running, which scares me. So I test his masculine energy. I try to push him away by challenging him with my bravado because I've never felt safe to live fully in my femininity. PTSD left me needing to protect me, becoming my pain, my shame, a fighter, hardened so no one could hurt me. Like a Tootsie Pop, my favorite, hard as fuck shell, but inside soft and sweet. I spent the following week alone taking the space I needed, reflecting on all the years I've withheld love from others and me, stuck in the belief that I'm not worth loving and choosing others to prove my story. Ayahuasca mirrored my fear of intimacy, how I shut down because I'm untrusting. Can I trust me? So often I push friends and lovers away because I've never felt safe, which is why I've always felt lonely. And still I'm grateful because without the trauma and depth of pain, I wouldn't nearly be as resilient or able to feel so deeply. But unlovable is a feeling that needs expiring. If I want love, I have to become lovely. Instead of hiding behind the armor I've so long worn to protect me, I have to be vulnerable, raw, real. I've always said messy is sexy. This medicine work is a mirror into me. Ayahuasca showed me my shadow, my darkness, so I can be light and embodied. I'm no longer staying in my wounding, picking emotionally unavailable men to prove my unlovable theories. But as Carl Jung said, confronting the shadow means to stop blaming others. This isn't about anyone else but me. So I asked myself, what does truth feel like? Freedom, I responded. We must unlearn who we were to become who we are. I'm unlearning. Ayahuasca showed me that I'm not unlovable on the contrary. On the contrary, I'm free to play, to love, to be loved, and to love all of me. 
Intimacy, Volume 5. Stay tuned. Everything you need is inside. And intimacy is an inside job. Love always, Olivia.